Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Hebrews this evening. This is our third in this series on ministering spirits, and I'm just going to read uh, the opening here, and then I'll read in Hebrews, and you, you can go to Hebrews 1, verse number 14 is where you want to go. Um, and I just want to read this intro again to you. It is of utmost importance that believers understand the ministry of angels on their behalf, that their faith might be encouraged regarding this glorious provision God has made for them. It is surprising to find the number of commentators expressing their belief that the ministry of angels to men ceased at the ascension of Christ, not to be resumed until his return to earth. This is difficult to understand in relation to Hebrews 1.14, which is probably around where you are, where it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? This certainly applies to believers today. There are many instances of ministrations of angels or the ministry of angels performed, recorded on behalf of God's people in the Old Testament times and, of course, in the New Testament. There is no reason not to believe that they will continue to do similar things today. The, one of the questions that we asked was this, um, why would it be important to understand this subject? It is important for us to understand this subject so that we do not get deceived when spectacular manifestations happen in the church. And we're going to hit that one pretty good today or tonight. It is important for us to understand because we do not want to be ignorant of a significant part of the unseen or the spiritual realm. It is important for us to understand so that we are able to help others in keeping balance biblically with angels. The most important thing about spectacular manifestations is not what we see, but rather what is being said. I'm going to say this again because this is important. The most important thing about spectacular or, or what you might call supernatural manifestations that are genuinely from the Lord or, you know, how many know the devil appears as an angel of light? It's not what you see. It's what is being said. It's what is being said, okay? So, um, and the question then becomes, does it line up with the word of God? Okay, and we looked at several different things. Uh, two weeks ago, we defined... Uh, angelology, and I'm not going to do that again, but basically both uh, words in the Hebrew and in the Greek for angel mean minister, messenger. That's what they mean. They're a minister, and that's where that ministering spirits come from. Uh, then we also looked at um, the fact that uh, uh, angels, let me get back to my uh, note here. We looked in Colossians, we talked about that they're ministering spirits. We looked at the fact that the nature of angels is, is celestial, not terrestrial. That means heavenly bodies, not earthly physical bodies. Um, we looked at the fact uh, that, um, that angels have personality. I know that sounds probably, sometimes we think, how many think, have thought of angels as almost robotic? I know growing up in church, I thought angels are robotic. It's got to be something, you know, they were created. They didn't, uh, you know, they're just, they just do whatever God tells them to do. Well, we know for a fact 
that half or a third of them didn't do what God told them to do. So they couldn't be completely robotic. At some point in the process of time from creation, there was a point where angels had a choice. And then they made a choice, and then that choice was solidified, I guess. And I don't understand all that, and I don't know that the Scripture actually speaks to it in detail. Um, so I, I haven't you know, really tr- attempted to go that direction. I probably won't, unless I see something where the Scripture specifically speaks to it, because it can be a dangerous uh, path if you do that. So we saw that angels have personalities. They rejoice when somebody gets saved. That's not like a, okay, push the rejoice button in the angel, somebody got saved. They actually have some level of soul or emotion, um, and, and they, they, I guess they feel on some level, okay? So we know that from the scripture, and, and that's, that's kind of cool to think about, actually. So uh, that was the last point that we looked at. And so today I want to start with this. Tonight I want to start with this. We do not worship angels. How many know that? Okay, how many realize there's a there's a whole uh, religion built on an appearance of an angel in the United States and around the world? You realize that? Can anybody tell me what it is? Joseph Joseph Smith was <laughs> an integral part in it. <laughs> he 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 had the angel who appeared to him. Moroni is what it was. Yes. Yep, and so, um, and that's how that all got started. So, this is an important point here. They're, they are not to be worshipped. Angels are not to be worshipped. So, if you're taking notes, this is your first one tonight. We do not worship angels. There have been those very special occasions when God chooses to allow men to see them, or angels. Um, and they are uh, typically invisible to the sight, or human sight, And men are unconscious of their presence, generally speaking. Okay? It has been suggested that the reason that they are mostly invisible is because of the human tendency to worship them. The scripture plainly warns against such a practice. We must not worship the creature rather than the creator. I do not feel that this point could be uh, emphasized enough. It is so easy for us as humans to be distracted away from truth and the word of God and be led astray by spectacular events. We will see in the scripture how this happened. Now, I'm going to give you two significant passages to prove my point here on just the the frailty of the natural on our side. Talking about humanity and who we are. And how easy it can be to be to slip into something that isn't right, even though um, because it comes in the form of something spectacular. Okay, so I'll get to that eventually. But first, I wanted this: go to Romans chapter one, and we just quoted part of this verse, but I want you to see it. Romans chapter one, and you can mark it in your Bible. And if you want to mark next to it, I don't. Some people don't like to write in their Bibles. I like to write in mine. You can or can't. It's up to you. Brother Hagen used to say to us, uh, you know, uh, if, if you don't write in your Bible, um, go ahead and throw that Bible out and get one you can write in. <laughs> that was his sarcastic way of saying write in your Bible, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Um, Romans chapter 1, verse number 25. I just quoted this, but I want you to see it, and then you can mark it in your, your scriptures. It says this, Romans one twenty-five: who exchanged the truth of God... For the lie. What did they do? So they've been presented two things, correct? 
And they did what? They chose. And they chose what? They chose the lie. Now, he's talking about those that chose the lie. And he says this, and what? Worshipped and served the creature rather than what? The creator. Is an angel the creator? It's a creature, right? It is the created. We don't worship the created. Now, I'll say this in all forms, okay? So this specifically applies to angels, but think of it in terms of everything that is created. Now, this could apply to so many different things right now. How about animals being worshipped, or the planet being worshipped, or the stars being worshipped, or, you know what I mean? Like I heard a um, minister say, and this, this guy is a well-known minister, and he's very, very good, spirit-filled minister, uh, uh, just a great man of God. But he grew up in church, and his grandmother uh, loved the Lord, went to church every Sunday, but re- read her horoscope every single day because she didn't know. You know, she wasn't taught you shouldn't do that. Somewhere along the line, the habit was given or built into her, and she'd, and she'd send them to, to this Minute, well, he's a minister now, but as a kid, she'd send him to him. You know, this is what your horoscope says. You don't need to read the horoscope. You don't need to read the stars. And people say, well, God made the stars. Yeah, he did make the stars. Not so you could read them, so that you could, you could see there was a God. He gave you this full to read. There's plenty of words in here for you. You don't need to read a horoscope. And that's probably for somebody online that's passing by. But... Um, You don't need to do it. It will just lead you astray, okay? All right. Who is blessed forever, amen. And everybody said, amen. All right. This happens till today. I am not sure some realize they are doing it, but oftentimes people exalt their experience over the word of God. Now, we cannot put... I love all the experiences of God. I absolutely love all the experiences of God. I love the feelings of God. I, I, I like everything about my relationship with him on all those levels but i don't establish my life my life is not built on experiences it's built on the word how many know feelings can shift okay but the word never changes right that's why it's the firm foundation colossians chapter 2 colossians chapter 2 this is a verse that i have I've prayed about this verse. I've looked at this verse. At times, it's at first, at least, it, I saw truth there, but I couldn't quite get the full or at least a clear meaning on it. But I have recently, and I'm really excited about this one. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 18. Verse number 18. Because this is forever, this will be forever an issue in the world and in the church. And is potentially an issue in every what we would call spirit-filled, Pentecostal, word of faith, whatever you want to say. Those that believe that the gifts of the Spirit have not ceased and that God still operates in spectacular and supernatural ways. This verse will forever be a good bedrock verse for that group because it's a warning. It's an it's a, it's a, um, admonition. It's a, hey, pay attention type verse for those groups. You know, those who don't believe in manifestations of the Spirit, they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're totally in, they, don't, they, they function in their Christianity outside of salvation in one place. And that's in the total realm of what I can see and logic. And just information only. You know, I heard a minister say this years ago. He said, there are those in the body of Christ that really only believe in one part of the armor. The helmet of salvation. 
So when they come up over the hill for battle, they have nothing else but a helmet on. Yeah, look out. They're going to ram their helmet into you. You know, it doesn't intimidate the enemy. But that's all they believe. And so um, we, we want to believe in the whole thing. But when you do that, then the, how many know the enemy's ever working to deceive? Always. I mean, always. Okay, Colossians 2, verse number 18. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and the worship of what? Angels. Now watch this. Intruding into those things which he has not seen. Does your Bible have not in it? Did you know not is not in there? (laughs) That it was added. It's actually, it shouldn't be in there. It's not in the original. So it should actually say, he has seen. Intruding into those things which he has seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So what do we see going on here? We see a what? We see a spectacular event that took place, correct? This person had, a, and it had some sort of encounter. These ministers that were ministering in, in Colossae at the time that Paul was dealing with, they had some sort of a supernatural encounter. It's possible that it was even godly originally. And I'm going to read this here, but I'll make the comment first. But, but what they did is they overfought the vision and studied the vision and studied the vision and looked at the vision and thought about the vision and went over and over and over the vision and the experience and went over it again and then back over it again and then over it again and didn't take it back to the word and overly take the word overly over the top of the vision and they came up with doctrine that was outside of the word of God. That's what they did. And I'm going to read this to you. And this made so much sense to me because I've experienced this. Not only have I probably done this myself, but I've seen it done. That you can so, especially as, you know, those that that believe that, that God still speaks in those ways and we experience some of these things, you can so infatuate yourself with a spiritual experience that it no longer carries the original meaning that it had. Because it wasn't judged against the word. It was just analyzed in my head and in my emotion. Do you know that you can fall in love with something you're not supposed to? In other words, you're built in such a way that it is possible to feed yourself on things that actually end up being a detriment to you rather than a help to you. You can overly fill yourself with something that is outside of, and specifically what we're talking about here, outside of the word of God. You have to be nourished up in the words of faith. What does that mean? Where are the words of faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? The word of God. And people have said this to me and I've said it myself. The word of God can come in a prophetic word. But the word of God is what they're talking about here specifically is the written word. It can come in a prophetic word, but you can take a prophetic word and turn it into something that it isn't. You can turn it into something that it's totally opposite. You can twist it and tie it into knots. And you can actually, enemy is just really good at this. He'll get involved in your interpretation of what's taking place. He can actually, he can actually take something good and turn it. And turn it. 
It's happened over and over again. You know, uh, I know Mark knows this too, but maybe some of you others as well. But I've studied quite a few of the old revivalists. You know, the, the guys, A.A. Uh, uh, a. Allen, Jack Coe, um, um, there's so many of them. And many of them did amazing things for God. I mean, I mean, stuff that would, I mean, it would floor you. And yet they got off because they got away from the word. This is why being in the word is so important. Because as believers, even as believers, even myself, you can hear from, you can think you hear from the Lord on something and really have a strong impression. And have you ever done this? Then you go to the word and find out, oh, that's not right. I've done that before. And it's an eye opener. So I thank God for that, the word that, that protects us. So this idea here is, is that they have what? They, they have a false humility and their worship of angels. They, they're worshiping angels. So they're not worshiping God, which is a problem. And then they intrude into things which, which he has seen vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind. So it's like almost like a religion of angels. So I'm going to read to you a commentary on this uh, that really helped me with this. It says this, many of those who are spreading false doctrine in Colossae had actually seen a vision or been spoken to by an angel or had seen into the realm of evil spirits. And seeing visions being ministered to by an angel and seeing into the realm of evil spirits are all part of the church age. Did you know that? It is, right? We know that from Scripture. The problem is that doctrine contrary to the word is being formed according to these experiences. This is why I'm so heavy on we need to take it back to the word. Well, you don't know what I felt. What you feel is not God. What you feel is not the foundation for your faith. Well, I just feel so strongly about this. You can feel so strongly about something that's absolutely false. It's absolutely false. I have been convinced of things in, that I thought I knew in God and was absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. It, wasn't, it had nothing to do with God. I was deceived. And so that's what can happen here. This is why it is important to understand these things. So any vision that does not line up with the word of God is to be thrown out. The word always has the final authority. We know this from 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 verse 19, if you want to mark that down. Even if an angel were to appear and reveal something contrary to the wor word, the angel is to be what? Cursed. Galatians 1.8. Galatians 1.8. Visions and words from angels do not form doctrine. Doctrine comes from the word of God. The word of God must be used to confirm the appearance of angels, visions, or any manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Often, an individual who has had a vision, this is what I was talking about earlier, will scrutinize the vision over and over again instead of scrutinizing the word. 
So they'll go to the vision, go to the vision, go to the vision. They'll think, 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 go to the vision, go to the vision, go to the vision, think, 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 read it and read it and go over it and over it. What do you think this means? What do you think this means? You cannot do that and ignore the word. You'll get off. Every time. Every time. And after dissecting the vision many times, the vision ends up being bigger than it was in the beginning. The imagination vainly puffed up by their fleshly mind, by their carnal mind. It's vainly puffed up. There's what's take, uh, get the picture in your mind. They're looking at it, looking at what's taking place. They're processing in their own insides and what's taking place. It's getting puffed uh, it's, just, it's swelling. And it's becoming something that it never was intended to be. That God never, it says this, the imagination paints a picture greater than God had originally intended. Many books, this is true, and ministries today are founded on visions or encounters with angels or demons. Instead of building up believers in the word, they confuse the issue with personal stories or testimonies because the word is replaced by manifestations. Confusion results as many Christians try to build their lives on someone else's experience. Okay, I'll give you an example, and I've talked about this before, but, and this example is not mine. It's one that Brother Hagin shared in his books, and then I also heard it in class. But he said this. He said... Um, that years and years and years ago, there was a, he went to minister at a church. And there was a lady at the church who was in and out of the psych ward repeatedly. And uh, um, she, uh, she, her husband brought her for ministry because he was trying to get her delivered of this situation. So Brother Hagin was going through the line ministering to people. And she was there in the line, and he, he got in front of her, and the Lord gave him a word of knowledge. Instantly, he knew. He actually saw a vision of what took place in her life, and he, he backed off, and he said, take her in the back room. You, and he said, you and your husband, you go in the side room, and I'll minister to you afterwards. And uh, so he gets done with his line, goes in there, brings the pastor in. He says, now, I'll, uh, I'm going to say this in front of your pastor. I talked, I, your pastor has said nothing to me about your situation. And he said, yeah, that's true, nothing. And so then he talks to the, to the gentleman that's there. He said, I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what has happened. Your wife watched a minister on TV say that, that, and share his testimony that he had audibly heard the voice of God telling him to go into the ministry. And, 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 and he said, is that right? And the man goes, yeah, are you a fortune teller? <laughs> you know, Christians, you know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> how about God speaks? You know, why does it have to be a fortune teller? Anyway, so thankfully we've moved further than away from that line of thinking through the years. But anyway, he goes on and he shares this uh, with him. And he says, and then your wife started praying that God would audibly speak to her. Do you know you should not do that? Ever. I'm going to say it again. I know it's Wednesday. You're probably tired. It was hot today. You should never pray to ask and ask God to speak to you audibly. You should never do it. Because how many know the devil works in this world? You don't want to open yourself up to that. And people say, well, God could speak to me audibly. He could if he chose to. But share a scripture with me where it says that you're to ask for that. You seek God with everything 
in prayer, in your, in your time in the word, all of those things. Leave the manifestations up to him. And then listen to me, weigh every manifestation that happens against the scripture. Because the, how many know this? The enemy can excite your soul and your emotion just as much as God can. Come on. How many have ever felt goosebumps in, in a church service? Like you feel like God's there. How many have ever wept in a church service? How many have ever wept in a movie? How many have ever felt goosebumps in a movie? So you cannot correlate how you respond from the physical or the soul realm that it is the Spirit of God. You have to take it back to the Word. Always. So this lady began to ask God to speak to her audibly. The devil accommodated her. That's why she was in and out of the psych ward repeatedly. How many know that if God speaks to you, it doesn't turn you into an emotional or crazy case? When God speaks to you, what does James tell us? It tells us that what? His, his wisdom comes from above and it is what? Peaceable. If it's peaceable, then it wouldn't put you in the psych ward. Wrong spirit. But if you're, if, you're, if you're building, if your relationship with God is built on the experience and you don't know the word, then you just, whatever the experience is, that's what defines who God is. That's dangerous. That's why we don't worship angels. So, how many want to know if she got delivered? <laughs> she didn't. This is the sad part. So, he, he continued to speak to the husband and he said, I'll just tell you this. You've taken her to three, two or three other uh, evangelists, leading healing evangelists. This was during the Voice of Healing days. So like Oral Roberts, those type, okay? And uh, none of them could get them delivered, and you're mad at all of them. And he said, am I right? And he goes, yeah, you're right. And he said, I couldn't get her delivered either, and you'd be mad at me too. That's why I didn't pray for her. Now, that could go counter to some people's doctrine. What do you mean he couldn't? Because people have a free will. So she's sitting there, this lady's sitting there, not speaking at all. Okay? And, uh, and uh, he said, it, finally, he looks at the, the lady, Brother Hagen does, and he says, you're, uh, well, he actually tells the, t- tells the husband, he says, your wife can hear everything I'm saying. And then he looked at the wife and he said, you know exactly what I'm saying, don't you? And she goes, yes, I do. And he said, you don't want to be delivered, do you? She said, no, I want to hear the voices. Voices that tell her to get up at four in the morning, go over to her neighbor's house, ask to borrow some sugar and share Jesus with the neighbor. You're going to get shot. That's not going to bless the neighbor. That's not the Holy Ghost. You see what I'm saying? So this idea of, and Brother Hagin told the lady, she said, well, he said, well, when you're ready, come see me, and I can get you free. Now, I never heard that she ever got free. So, but what is the point? The point is, an experience trumped the Word of God. The person chooses to worship the experience over the Word. The creation over the Creator. And that's a dangerous place. We don't ever want to go there. So what are you saying, Sean? I'm saying this. When spectacular things happen, 
I don't care if you hear about them. I don't care if you watch them on YouTube. I don't care if you heard about it on Facebook. I don't care how big the author is. I don't care how well-known they are. I don't care if they have apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, doctor, PhD in front of their name. It doesn't matter to me if the experience doesn't line up with the word of God. Throw it out. Throw it out. Well, what do you mean by that? The enemy can do things. Well, they seem genuine. And they can be genuinely wrong. And they can be sincerely wrong. And they can be, uh, 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 how would you say it, uh, passionate about it and be wrong. And how would you know if they were right or wrong? If all your, if if you, if what you allow to convince you is the experience described, how you feel, how they seem, how they feel about it, what they claim they heard, and you never take it back to this, then you're in line for deception. You got to remember, and this is something to really consider here. The Colossian church was started by and be and ministered to by who? Paul. Did Paul have revelations? Did he have visions? Did he have all those things? Did he know anything about it? I think so. And yet this, this church was ministered to for a period of time by the apostle Paul. And yet what came into the church and deceived many of them? How many know there's nothing new under the sun? Still happening today. Okay? All right. So, praise God. It doesn't mean, you know, sometimes people think, can't you just, I just, just so much. How, how do you balance it all? We have the Holy Spirit who helps us bring balance. Anything that's worthwhile is worth the work. Right? Okay. So, let's go to Revelation 19. We must not become overly infatuated with the spectacular. In the next verses, we will see how easy we could get off if the word of God is not first place in our lives. Revelation, how many have ever heard of the Apostle John? How many know how old he was when he got this revelation? Did I hear 95? Some say 95, some say 92, but it was right in there. How many know just because you're old doesn't mean you can't get a new revelation? (laughs) Uh, praise the Lord. 92 is slightly old, you know. I mean, you're getting there. Halfway. Which is something say halfway. <laughs> you got faith, brother. You know, people talk, I remember down at Rainbow, they talked about that we should live to be 120. And I'm looking and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, do I really want to stay around that long? I think I might just leave, you know. Yeah, well, eternity is a long time, so. (laughs) All right, Revelation chapter 19, verse number 10. Who is this that is getting this revelation? John, right? John walked with Jesus, right? Revelation 19, 10, and I fell at his feet to worship him. Who did? John. But he said to me, this is an angel, see that you what? Do not do that. See, told you we're not supposed to worship angels. You say, what's your point here? It's two sides. One, don't worship angels. The other is, who is the one that fell down? 
John. Is John a rookie? He's not a rookie. So what needs to be... Now, thankfully, he's actually having a vision of an actual godly angel. But even John in that moment was what? Overtaken by the what? The experience of what's happening. It's flooding him. Do you see that? And then he says this. The angel says, I am your fellow servant. What are angels? They're servants. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. So the angel is the servant, but John's buddies are the brethren. Okay? That's what that means there. He says this in the next part, worship. (laughs) Well, that's plain, isn't it? For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. As I read this passage and thought about, the Holy, thought about it, the Holy Spirit prompted me uh, to think about this. This is the Apostle John who walked with Jesus that is bowing before an angel. This is not a rookie believer. If John could make this mistake, we need to guard against worshiping spectacular spiritual events as well. True angels of God will direct worship to Jesus, not themselves. To God and to Jesus, not themselves. Think about one of the most prominent religions today came from a supposed angelic visitation to a man. Mormonism, right? The other side we see here is the operation of the angel is revealing prophetic things to John for the epistle of Revelation. So do angels minister to to believers? Absolutely they do. Absolutely. We just will not, we will weigh everything against the word. Um, Part of the reason why some of this stuff is so strong in me is because I remember sitting in class listening to Brother Hagin talk about the, the seven or eight times that the Lord appeared to him. And in a few of them, he looked at the Lord Jesus. He's looking at Jesus in an open vision. And he says, Lord, I want to believe that. But unless you can give me two or three scriptures to back that up, I can't accept this vision. You've got to have some presence of mind. But you know what I saw in Brother Hagin? And what is the testimony of his life? A man who was faithful from front to back to do what God told him to do and affected the entire world. Literally, the entire world. Yes, still is. And he was, he was a great, and still is, a great man of God. Amen? How many know he's just as alive as ever? How many think he's doing okay? All right, so the, the real world of the unseen, the supernatural and the spectacular are real, but they must always be in second place to the written word of God. The word of God is the anchor to our boat in the sea of the spirit world. I've said that before. Revelation 22.8. Let's look at it again. Look at a different one, but same, same scenario here. Revelation 22.8. It says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Did the angel show him something? Yes. Is it wrong to get direction from an angel? No. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly biblical. I know people that have experienced it. You say, have you? I never have. I've never even seen an angel. You know what's the weird part? I've seen a few demons. You know, I'd prefer to see the other, I think. 
And you say, what happened when you saw the demonic activity? Actually, what came out of it, well, two of them were in dreams. What came out of me was the word. And I wasn't even totally awake or aware in my natural. Does that make sense? I wasn't aware totally in my natural. But what came out of me was the word of God because I had been putting it. Yeah. Um, And so I know these things are real. Now, I've been aware of angels before, like aware of their presence. I've been in places where I've been aware. We've had it in our prayer group, you know. And angels, how many know this? You realize this, the atmosphere is charged with spiritual activity. It is. It's all around. That's why people do things, and later on they go, I don't even know why I did that. Science can't put their finger on that, and they'll never be able to. They'll never be able to. So he says this, I fell down, worshiped the angel, verse 9, then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. And then he says what? Worship God. Worship God. So see, the word here is what? The, the point we're looking at. We don't worship angels. You could write this next to, to, to that verse or, or, or concerning your notes here. See that you do not do that. <laughs> see that you do not do that. So I will not do that. How about you? Amen? All right. Secondly, tonight, let's look at angels can appear as a man, and we'll wrap up right here. Angels can appear as human or as man. Angels have, uh, on numerous occasions, assumed the form of human bodies. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. How many know this passage? Hebrews 13, 2. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Such a thing as this verse suggests could not be possible if they did not appear as men. Many occasions when this became reality are enumerated through the scriptures, but we're just going to look at one. Genesis 19, 1. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. Most of you probably know where I'm going here. Verse 1 says this, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. So what did, what did Lot see? He saw what? Two. Did he know they were angels? I don't think he did. How about, who wants to guess? Or do you, should we just read down through the verses and find out the truth? Okay. Verse number four. Skip down there in 19 to verse number four. Watch this now. Now talk about a perverted place. Holy smokes. Now before they lay down, this, before they went to bed that night, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the what? Men who came to you. In other words, they appeared as what? Men. And they, they did not see them as angels. They saw them as men. And I'm not going to even read the rest of the verse because I read it today and that was enough. So <laughs> I read it when I was studying. That was enough, okay? <laughs> you can read it if you want later. My point is angels can appear as what? Men. Okay, so let's finish here. and he, Go back to Hebrews 13, verse 1. And I want you to see this before we quit here. Hebrews 13, 1 says this. It says, let brotherly love continue. Verse 2. 
Do not forget to what? Entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly. Why would it be unwittingly? They don't know. What have they entertained? Angels. Why? Why was it unwittingly? Because they appear as men. They appear as men. So the word unwittingly means something is hid. It means in the vines it says this, to escape notice or to be hidden from. So even though angels don't have a terrestrial body, they don't have the body you have, they have a celestial body. Remember we talked about last week, they are spirits. They can appear as having a terrestrial body. They can take on that form as God decides for the work that he wants to do in any given situation that he has had, whether it be prayer or whatever it is, in action in the earth. He can, in this case, what do we know? We know that intercession had been taking place by Abraham and the Father, right? Or Jesus, depending on how you read that, but probably was Jesus. And intercession was taking place, and out of that covenant and that understanding... God said, do this. And in the process of sending his angels out, he went, you guys are going to have to look like men. And boom. They walked into the city. Uh, Lot saw them and said, you need to come to my house shortly. Because why? He knows where he lives. But to the people's eyes, they look like what? Regular men. Anybody ever had an encounter with an angel? I know probably many of you have. I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes you don't. I heard a testimony years ago about uh, from Charles Capp's daughter. She was, uh, she was actually doing some missions work, and uh, she was, uh, uh, I don't, she was overseas somewhere, and it was a dangerous area, dangerous for women to be alone. Or even two together. And uh, she was doing some, some missions work. And she was going through this train area. Which was. It wasn't real safe. And. Um, she saw some kind of rough people. Around. And she just said out loud. Lord. I just ask that your angels be with me. And. Uh, somebody had stopped her. I don't know if it was to check something. Or they were asking her something. And. And he, he asked, you know, where are you guys going? <laughs> and she just said, you know, I'm headed to this place to either catch a train or a plane or something like that. And, uh, and uh, later it was reported to her, or she found out, I don't know if it was by that guy or whatever, but there were two massive guys on either side of her. I mean big. In other words, they can appear as men, and you may not see them, and somebody else who's a threat will. Now think about this. This is so cool. What about with your kids? See, because you can't always be there. But you know who always can? Some big old bruisers. Amen? This is why faith in these things is important, is important but not and keeping balance with the word. Because we will have supernatural. We are having it. We live in it. And even spectacular things. But what do we do? 
We go back to the word, we go back to the word, we go back to the word, we go back to the word. We honor the Lord and give him the glory. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is health and medicine to all our flesh. Your word puts faith in us, Lord. We're so grateful for your word. Father, we, we are excited about your word. Your word feeds us spiritually. It's nourishment to our being. It transforms the way we think. It is so good, Lord, and we're so grateful for it. We're thankful for, for the ministry of angels, Lord, and that your word gives us guidelines and boundaries for these things so that as we are learning to cooperate, to understand how the spirit world operates and moves as we fellowship in the authority that you've given us and then release that as the authority in, that we possess in your name here in the earth, that angels hearken to that word and then move according to the leading of that word for confirmation and demonstration of it. Father, we're so grateful. We ask you continue to give us understanding along these lines. We believe we receive it and we'll walk in obedience and reverence and worship to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we'll see you Sunday morning. God bless you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.